Hi, my name is Megan, and I'm a trans woman. And I'm Nate, assigned male at birth and living a male life. We're going to have a conversation about what it means to live an authentic life. If you're trans, think you might be trans, or know trans people but aren't one yourself, we have something interesting to talk about. Our goal is to normalize talking about the human experience. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Transversation. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Nate. It's so great to have you here. We've taken a little bit of a break, actually a month break from recording. Yes. And it is really good to be back in the studio with you. Because spoilers to all of our listeners, I actually record these in batches, <laughs> which I think we tried to hide in the beginning. A little bit of a wizard behind the curtain. But yeah. Either gendered or non-binary wizard behind the curtain. <laughs> so uh, you did want to uh, start today's conversation with a disclaimer. Yes. So we're going to be talking about Transgender Day of Remembrance, which unfortunately has a content warning attached to it. We are going to be discussing murder, suicide, and transphobia. So if you are not in a place emotionally to be able to handle that, maybe skip this one, listen to one of our previous ones, and come back to it or not. And at the same time, though, we do hope to address these things and with a positive ending and recognizing that we are all in this together and you're not alone. And if you're struggling with these things as a human being, they're tough and uh, struggle is appropriate. Absolutely. All right. So you're going to talk to us a little bit about Trans Day of Remembrance. Yeah. Where did you want to start with that? So for those who are completely unaware. Count me in that group. It's the day that the LGBT community mourns the loss of our trans sisters, trans brothers, and our non-binary siblings. It also kind of serves to raise public awareness that hate crimes still occur and that they're often dismissed. Basically, I'm going to talk about the founding of it. And kind of what it does is each year a list is collected of all of the people who have died as a result of transphobia or trans violence. So who is compiling this list these days? So these days it's done by a couple of organizations. However, there is still a list of Remembering Our Dead that was originally created by Gwendolyn Ann Smith. So it was actually founded in 1999 after the murder of Rita Hester, who was a black trans woman. She was actually the third murdered Black trans woman in the Boston area. Their names were Chantel Pickett and Monique Thomas, and were the other two. It's very important because the whole point of today is to remember their names. So I'm going to be very specific about those names. So through a lot of my research, my research process is I will go initially to sites like Wikipedia and things like Pink News and other queer run news information sites, it can be difficult to find some of these sources. And this particular one was pretty difficult as well. The information that we have around its founding is pretty much that like Gwendolyn Ann Smith is the one who just, she just took it out, did it. Just did it all by herself just to um, do it because it needed doing. But at the same time, I found evidence that there were other people involved, mm -hmm. but I was never able to find any names or anything like that. Again, another gap in history. Yes. And maybe it's because I don't necessarily have a full research wing and access to all sorts of stuff. Laughing at us having a research wing for this at this point. I mean, that would be cool. We'll get there. We'll get there. So if anybody has a background on where this list started and would like to share that, please, by all means, do contact us to leave it in the comments. We will amend appropriately. Yeah. Like, it seems like it was a collaborative effort. Like, it wasn't just her. But she's the one whose name is attached to pretty much everything. So what Transgender Day of Remembrance really is about is remembering people, but also 
has that same level of raising awareness. Mm -hmm. People have been lost and we don't want to forget them. But at the same time, I recognize that it's a lot more personal than that because these are so far names of people you specifically don't know. That doesn't make it any more or less tragic. But every time we talk about this topic, I see it affect you. I see it means something and I see a lot of emotion going on, even though it's not specific people, you know, why does it mean so much to you on that personal level? You know, like every person, I think I'm, I'm scared. I'm afraid like a lot of the time, even though I'm out of the various demographics of trans people who suffer the most violence, those being trans people of color and sex workers. I still am concerned, like, am I going to be on this list someday? So you see, each one of these people could be you. Yeah. That's a pretty big pill to swallow. And it makes it matter even more, because obviously in treating these people with the respect and dignity they deserve, the hope would be, of course, that you're treated with the respect and dignity you deserve, should you end up on that list. Yeah. It brings to the forefront of my mind something I try to forget, but like, my parents are potentially looking to move to Tennessee. And I know they're listening now. They're listeners. Um, (laughs) Welcome, Megan's parents. I'm really glad to have you. If they move to Tennessee, I don't know if I'll ever actually be able to go see them. How you would feel safe enough to spend time in Tennessee. Yeah. I wasn't going to tell them, but they know now. (laughs) Okay. Demographically, statistically, can you say that Tennessee is less safe or is it just more perceived as more conservative or something about it is different? The South has never been good for LGBT folks. And there's more prevalence. I mean, I don't have statistics right in front of me. I don't know, but it's... The perception, real or imagined, is there that there's a whole massive part of the United States that is even more dangerous for you than home, where you are right now. Even where I'm at right now isn't necessarily considered the safest. What are the safest places? Big cities. Big cities, all right. It's the same for any... Any minority. Any minority, which... It's kind of interesting just because there's a lot more people. Right. So there's a lot more diversity anyway. And if you disliked everybody who was different in a big city, it'd be real tough. Yeah. On a thing that clicks for me every once in a while when we talk about these things, and granted, we rarely have the depth that we do this morning to do this. When I hear these things and see you, I think that it could be you on some levels on these things. And that's one of the things, I suppose, that reminds me on a regular basis to do what I can to help and support you on a daily, regular, just ally level. You're a fellow human being. And you know, I know that you're vulnerable. You just be walking down the street and somebody could have an opinion that was rough. And and that does bother me. And as a friend and somebody with this professional project we're working on and all the rest of that, to recognize that vulnerability is hard for me. Some of that is my drive for doing this show. One of the many things is that if we can help anybody, then that's good. I want to help you. I want to help others. I I would love it if this little thing, this little drop in the bucket that we're doing today, contributing to Trans Remembrance Day, publicizing these things, talking about these things, if that drop in the bucket is enough to start tipping the scale in some way and save somebody's life down the road, that's you or somebody else. That's the goal. The goal is to always make the world better. All of our listeners who have spent these last number of weeks or months listening to this podcast, hearing your voice on a regular basis, it is entirely possible because of the world political atmosphere right now where I would have to come on next week and say, 
um, hey, guys, it's just me. This is, uh, this is our last episode, and it's just me saying it. I hope that never, ever, ever happens. And if this makes a difference somehow, if our episode on going to the bathroom safely with friends makes a difference somehow, if knowing where you can live safely or how to talk to people or how to come out or how to appropriately hide your transness if you have to. If you're to go to Tennessee or something like that, you, you go in the wintertime, you wear a big coat and you don't talk to anybody. I mean, there are ways. And it's not ideal. That's not what we're going for. But I want you to come back. I want you to be able to see your family and come back. And if there's things like that, that people can hear in this podcast and somehow somebody, whether they ever know it or not, comes home and under circumstances where they might not have come home otherwise, then we've done something. Then Trans Awareness and Trans Remembrance Day has done something. Yeah. You had some other things to talk about how this, it's a holiday? Is it not I a mean, holiday? It's, it's a holiday. In it's this a city. weird thing to call a holiday because it's not like we're out partying because of it. It's a remembrance I day. I mean, yeah, it is a more somber holiday in the same vein of like Memorial Day, okay. or at least what that originally kind of started as. So hopefully in future years on Trans Remembrance Day, we'll barbecue. And it'd be a federally recognized holiday that everybody has off work. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't think anybody would be against that. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All in favor of the day off, get the day off. Everybody else gets to work. Yeah. So you were uh, telling me earlier before we started recording today that this is not just a tiny thing. This is actually spreading. This concept, this day is spreading. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So Trans Day of Remembrance has actually grown to be observed in 185 cities across 20 countries. And that being they all held some type of vigil somewhere within the city. But the other really, really interesting thing is there's actually official recognition as a day. I don't know if it quite has a holiday yet, but in Canada's province of Ontario, in 2017, the Legislative Assembly of Ontario voted to have Transgender Day of Remembrance be officially observed. How cool is that? So if you're looking at places to live, Quebec <laughs> apparently is the place. Or no, I'm sorry, not Quebec. I just showed how American I am. It is Ontario. Quebec and Ontario, totally different. I know that. I just okay. had a slip of the mind there. Oh, that's all right. We learned our geography in America. We're trying. We're getting better enough to slip. We won't ever make it again. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Canada. You're awesome. We agree. We've uh, A number of us have plans to move there should we need to in the future. So it's growing as a holiday. It's being recognized more and more places. That is all great news, which means that it's being discussed. It's getting publicized and people are becoming more aware that this is a thing that needs to be made aware of. Yeah. And I may or may not have mentioned it, but yeah, it was founded in 1999 and has grown. So I know this episode is airing on Trans Remembrance Day. What will you be doing tonight? Tonight? The night of Trans Remembrance Day. I mean, I'll probably be working the day. I don't know. I'll probably think about a couple of folks that I've lost. Not from this. I mean, there's one in particular that I'll be thinking about. And then, of course, you've got to be at work again the next morning at, what, 4.30 a.m., so it won't be a late night. No, but it never is. For people who are just finding out about this holiday this year, and this may be their first exposure to it, what would you like people to walk away with? I will put a link in the description, because there's a couple of sites that kind of show where vigils are being held or anything like that. So you can, if you wanted to, attend any of those. Fantastic. If not... Just have a moment of contemplation. 
and be aware and introspection while it's not a very public thing does have a profound effect on your internal awareness and life and still does make a difference the next day when you see or meet somebody those things will be fresh in who you are and that makes a difference internally as far as all of our own internal growths and journeys go yeah thank you very much for sharing all of that megan i hope that this is useful to our listeners and that they have some appreciation for some of the people that we are and that we've met and that we've got in our lives. And obviously our listeners care enough about us to listen. Yeah. I guess anybody who's saying this right now is a friend. And we're very thankful that you're listening. We are very thankful that you are alive and able to listen and supporting this and us and your friends and the people you know. In that sense, we may not know you, but we are grateful and remembering you at this time too that everybody who is alive and able to listen to this is actually able to do just that all right well thank you very much i appreciate it so after we recorded our uh, current episode megan and i were talking a bit and uh, she was talking about her friend and uh, i think it's appropriate to tell that story now so we're going to go ahead and talk about that for a minute so i apologize for the potential choking up and this might be really difficult to get through. So bear with me, listeners. We're all here for you. So I had a friend in college, used he, they pronouns, and we had a little support group on the campus for all the trans folks. I won't name it. I don't know if it's still active. It probably is. So I want to keep that level of secrecy and safety for anybody there. It was under a name that nobody reading a list would ever put two and two together with. Exactly. Yeah. Don't want that to be a thing. Basically, it was just a bunch of college kids kind of coming together and talking about their day, talking about <laughs> talking about, you know, their experiences and like how to handle day-to-day life being an out or not out trans person. And it was one of the few spaces that if you weren't out, you could dress how you wanted, be you, which, you know, is super precious. And over the course of the one or two years that I was part of that, I got asked to kind of be the arbiter of that group, basically the one who was making sure that the secrecy was kept and that the people who were supposed to be there were there and the people that weren't supposed to be there, you know, not. So tell me about your friend. Um, How did you know him? I mean, we met through that and through the center and i mean he was super nice was one of the first out trans people if i recall there was a trans woman she came out and kind of broke every single barrier that the school had prior to that i don't think the lgbt center had an out trans person prior to her and then that caused my friend and another person to then come out. And so it was just like an explosion of, oh my gosh, there are a bunch of trans people. Little known to me, because I didn't come out and stay out until my third year, but when I was a freshman was when this was all happening. Mm-hmm. So it would have been the best time <laughs> to go. But but yeah, he had had, he being my friend, had the similar experiences to me, parents who were not totally supportive but he was he was nice he was you know friendly kind of i don't know i don't want to say goofball but kind of had that like you know wanted to make people happy and wanted to you know kind of wanted to be there for people was always 
always into very into the like let's have a deep conversation in the stairwell you know kind of thing oh i love those days you know we weren't like super super close but like we knew each other and whatnot so what happened to him so we had a little bit of drama as you often do he actually was dating another person in the support group they had broken up and had kind of a Drama filled. As is typical with breakups in your 20s. Let's put that in perspective. Yeah. We were all 19, 20, 21, maybe. Not the smoothest age for breakups. Yeah, no. And so me being the arbiter of this had to go between the two of them. And I had to go ask the other person, you know, is she okay with him in, in the space? Had to go ask him, are you okay with her in the space? And ultimately what we came to was that he was going to go not be at the support group for a couple weeks and kind of go forward from there. And then she stopped showing up like two weeks later to the support group. So I went back to him and was like, well, she's not there. Do you want to be there? And, you know, he kind of seemed like, well, it's not something I really need anymore. So I probably won't come. But, you know, I was like, you're welcome to come. So I found out like maybe a month later that he actually had gone missing from his apartment and had been missing for like three or four days. And he was found eventually on the top of a parking structure at the school. We don't know what he was doing up there. We don't know anything, or at least I don't. And he took his life. I was at you know, where I was staying. And I remember getting, I don't know if it was a phone call or if one of my roommates had come home and she was like, they're gone. And I don't know. It's what I think about on transgender day remembrance. I think about him. I mean, I've had those same thoughts at different points in my life. I think I've mentioned I was homeless for a while and I've had those thoughts. Well, thank you very much for sharing that story and taking time to remember him and paint a picture of uh, somebody who was a contributing happy person when they were able to be. There's a lot of resources out there, I hope. I hope there's enough resources and anybody who's listening to this that's in a spot is able to get some help. Yeah. If you are struggling with that kind of ideation and are LGBT, there's always the Trevor Project. Their whole thing is to help and to talk. And if you don't feel like calling them, they just rolled out a text program where you can text with someone. Because we all know sometimes you don't feel like talking about it, but you still need to say Still need to say something. Then I'll leave a link to that below. And as much as it may seem insurmountable at the time, it will pass. And there will be people to support Even if you don't have them in your life now, there will be people who support you. There are people who care. And the bad moments are moments, even if it seems like they may last forever. There's still a lot of contributions to be made. And there's a lot of people out there. And there's a lot of joy to bring to the world that everybody has potential to do. And we want you out there to do it. Yes. And it sucks. It's hard. We will do more future episodes to mental and emotional health and taking care of yourselves and things like that. Absolutely. Thank you again, Megan. This episode is brought to you by our patrons at Patreon. Mark, Alan, Rose, Bodil, 
These episodes would not be possible to create without the support of our generous patrons. If you'd like to be a patron, please follow the link in the description and sign up. Thank you.